Chapter Twelve of Commentary on Romans by Theodoret of Cyrus. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The knowledge of the nature of God and faith and right affections towards Him are the sum and true foundation of all good. For what the eye is to the body, that faith and the knowledge of divine matters are to the soul. But then she needs also at the same time practical virtue, as the eye does hands and feet and the other members of the body. Wherefore the holy apostle adds moral instructions also to his doctrinal course in order to promote in us the most perfect virtue, for through the Romans does he afford this advantage to all mankind, and thus he opens the subject. Verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. He lays down laws, and, sinking authority, puts forth his instructions with entreaties, reminding them of the divine loving-kindness of which he had before spoken so much at length. And what then dost thou beseech? That ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And already before he had exhorted to make their members instruments of righteousness, and yield themselves to God as those that are alive from the dead. Chapter 6, verse 13. And here he bids these become also a sacrifice, and calls it a living sacrifice, for it is not to be slain that he commands the body but to become dead to sin, and not to be open to its action. And such sacrifice he speaks of as holy, reasonable, and acceptable, in contrasting it with the oblation of irrational animals, and showing that with this the Lord is pleased. For by all the prophets, as one may say, he finds fault with the sacrifices of beasts, while he enjoins this. For sacrifice, says he, unto God the sacrifice of praise, and the sacrifice of praise shall glorify me. Psalm 50 Septuagint, Psalm 51, verses 14 and 23, and see also Isaiah 1, 11 to 18. And a thousand other such passages are to be found in the Holy Scriptures. Verse 2. And follow not the fashions of this world. He speaks of the things of this present world, such as wealth and power and other like pomps, by fashions, future things being substances, as alone permanent and satisfying. For so in another place also. 1 Corinthians seven thirty one. For the fashion of this world passeth away. For many from the height of abundance have fallen into the extremest poverty, and others, sprung from the lowest parents, become entrusted with the noblest offices of authority. And some again, who elevated an haughty brow, and enlarged themselves in pride, conceiving themselves superior to everybody, being suddenly carried off, have become ill-savoured dust. The holy apostle, therefore, desires us not to gape after these things, nor to love the fashion of this world, but to seek those things which advance the life eternal. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He exhorts here those also who were inclining to the worse to return again to the better, as the word transformed shows and he teaches how great is the difference between virtue and mere present objects by calling them fashions but virtue a form for a form indicates actually existing objects but a fashion that which quickly melts away and he points out the freedom of will which the soul possesses by commanding it both to renew the mind and to discriminate the better from the worse for these things are what he says serve god and he marks out what these are and first of all he denounces arrogance and enjoins humility Verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think as accords with sobriety. And not himself does he declare thus enjoins, but the grace of the Spirit through him, for its instrument, says he, I am. 
and by the word sobriety here he designates the healthy state of the mind to teach us that arrogance is the sickness of the intellect and herein indeed he imitates his own master for so the lord in the holy gospels matthew five three pronounced the first blessing on such as were given to humility blessed says he are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and these instructions he lays on all both rich and poor both servants and masters both men and women as the words to every one that is among you testify and he gives the proper measures of our self-opinion according as god hath dealt to every man the measure of faith grace it is which he here calls faith because that by faith comes the gift of grace and according to the proportion of a man's faith are the gifts of grace supplied and he commands each to regulate his own self-estimate by the grace allotted to him verse four for as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office verse five so we being many are one body in christ and every one members one of another the illustration is exactly suited to such an exhortation concerning brotherly love for as each of the members is not useful to itself alone but contributes its benefits to the common whole so therefore it becomes him who has been blessed with any grace from above clearly to understand that he has received that gift for the common advantage for believers are one body and each of us fulfils the office of a member verse six having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us thus are we to understand this we are members of each other having gifts differing according to the grace given to us and yet although thus differing they are nevertheless bestowed by the divine grace for the common good whether prophecy according to the proportion of faith verse seven or ministry that he should wait on ministering or as a teacher on teaching verse eight or as an exhorter on exhortation according to the faith of each does the giver of all good proportion the grace and by prophecy he means not only the foreknowledge of the future but the understanding hidden things also and by ministry the office of preaching the gospel by teaching the instruction of the divine doctrines by exhortation the inciting to virtue he that giveth let him do it with singleness of heart not seeking after the good opinion of others but supplying the wants of him that needs nor calculating with himself whether he has sufficient by him or not but trusting in god and so affording assistance liberally he that ruleth with diligence he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness verse nine let love be without simulation he bids all things be done with earnestness and the oversight he orders to be exercised with zeal that it be not the name without the thing and to showing bounty he joins joy not in order to point out the gain that arises from communicating to others seeing that they who gain are wont to rejoice for so also he says in his epistle to the corinthians second epistle chapter nine verse seven not grudgingly or of necessity for god loveth a cheerful giver and love he commands to be genuine and sincere and repudiates the mask of pretence abhorring that which is evil clinging to that which is good again he says not simply to fly from the former and follow after the latter but exhorts us exceedingly to hate sin and the performance of good deeds bids us closely be connected our affection serving thereto as it were a cement verse ten being kindly affectioned one to another in brotherly love in honour preferring one another have your regard warm and such as becomes brethren towards each other and let each yield the first places to his neighbour for this is a proof of true and perfect love verse eleven not slothful in ardour showing forth a ready promptness towards what is good and altogether casting away indolence fervent in spirit 
by spirit he means the spiritual grace given and to this as fuel to the fire he commands us to bring alacrity as its subject matter as he says also in another place one thessalonians five nineteen quench not the spirit for the spirit is quenched in such as are unworthy of such grace for not having the eye of their understanding clear they take not in that beam even as with the corporeally blind light itself becomes darkness and in midday they are bound by the blackness of night wherefore he bids us be fervent in spirit and possess a warm desire concerning heavenly things as he also subjoins serving the lord verse twelve rejoicing in hope patient in tribulation continuing instant in prayer for he who is fervent in spirit both readily obeys his master and waits for the enjoyment of the blessings looked for and rises superior to the temptations that befall him arming himself with steadfastness against their attacks and ever calling the divine grace to his assistance as he also subjoins continuing instant in prayer that is incessantly doing so verse thirteen communicating with the necessities of the saints having mentioned communication he exhorts to liberality for who would not choose to impart his wealth thereby to become a sharer in good deeds for so also did he say in his epistle to the corinthians that your abundance may become a supply for their want that their abundance also may be a supply for your want given to hospitality the guests he means are not the saints only but such also as have come from any quarter whatsoever and need entertainment whom he commands us to take care of verse fourteen bless them which persecute you bless and curse not this was a law of our lords for the lord enjoined it to the holy apostles matthew five forty four verse fifteen rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep verse sixteen being of the same mind one toward another sharing with each other both in afflictions and their opposite for the former is the part of sympathy and the latter of friendship unsullied by envy minding not high things but condescending to men of low estate again he banishes the arrogance of haughtiness and bids the high come down to the low be not wise in your own conceits that is be not satisfied with your own judgments but take the counsel also of others verse seventeen recompensing to no man evil for evil and this indeed is an excellence belonging to virtue in its highest state of perfection and approaching near to a total emancipation from the passions providing things honest in the sight of all men and he says also elsewhere give none offence neither to the jews nor to the gentiles nor to the church of god one corinthians ten thirty two verse eighteen if it be possible as much as lieth in you live peaceably with all men most accurately does he express himself here in making the addition of the if it be possible and the as far as lieth in you let nothing says he be done on your part but try every means of peace and this is in strict consequence from what he had before said for what feeling of hostility can he entertain who blesses him that persecutes and avenges not himself on him that injures him verse nineteen avenging not yourselves dearly beloved but rather give ye place unto wrath for it is written vengeance is mine i will repay saith the lord deuteronomy thirty two thirty five verse twenty therefore if thine enemy hunger feed him if he thirst give him drink for in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head having pointed out the judge and shown his just judgments for so the vengeance is mine i will repay saith the lord signifies he bids us generously bear all the injuries offered to us repaying with the reverse those that do evil to us and ministering to the wants of those that hate us for these things weave a crown to such as thus meekly and patiently endure while they increase the punishment of the injurers 
not indeed that we are to suppose that he means that on this account we are to minister to our enemies in order that they may suffer the heavier retribution hereafter for the holy apostle thus speaks from a wish to repress the anger of the injured party not from a desire by his good to increase the other's evil for that it is such a patient endurance which he inculcates what follows shows be not overcome of evil but overcome evil with good for to revenge oneself proves defeat while the returning good for evil is manifest victory having thus disciplined their morals he exhorts them also to render to those in authority the honour due for he foresaw as one who had plenteously received of the grace of the thrice holy spirit how some led rather by self-arrogance than any holy zeal for religion would despise their earthly rulers as conceiving themselves far superior to them by reason of their better spiritual knowledge and especially does he this that he may blot out the opinion prevalent concerning them for they were falsely represented as destroyers of the common laws and some said acts seventeen six these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also and others that they were introducing new customs acts ten twenty wherefore he thought it worth while to lay down his injunctions on this point also End of chapter twelve